Hello, hello. I'm Savannah. I'm Alicia. And this is Burden Approve. We're here. We're here. It is almost freaking Christmas time. Woohoo! I'm sitting in our Christmas vibe studio. I'm ready. <laughs> Woohoo! It's Christmas. Um, I'm also ready to talk about the case this week. Yeah. We don't have business. We're kind of the holidays always slow us down a little. I don't feel slowed down. No, no, no. I just mean on the podcast. I mean, our yes. lives are insane, yeah. but like that's beca- yeah. our lives are crazy. So the podcast gets slow and yeah, we don't have true. collabs and stuff. Yeah. So, well, we'll just get right into it this week. Yeah. So this week, Let's go. we are doing an Ireland case. I love it. I'm excited. I will say it's not as court casey as I would like it to be. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be more court heavy honestly and then it just wasn't so here we are okay but it's still an interesting case i think you'll still like it and i know our listeners will still like it and there is still like a core element to it not a big one but a little one well you know me i love all things irish and scottish you do you do and we have some amazing listeners in the uk yes we do hello hello so thank you guys and so we are going to castle rock ireland today northern ireland really just generally okay kind of okay good because i was about to say like some Irish listeners probably aren't gonna like that we said Ireland and then you said UK. So right, but it's Northern Ireland. It's, nor- so that it's is Northern the UK, Ireland. It's so Northern Ireland. Yeah. So I'm not gonna pretend to know. I know I should know what what parts are <laughs> what, but I yeah, Northern Ireland. I, bleh, bleh. I Northern know it's not England. Ireland <laughs> is part of the UK. Okay. The rest of Ireland is its own separate. Is that what Brexit country. was? No. <laughs> I know that's not what Brexit was. I'm just kidding. Okay. Please don't. Please stay. <laughs> please stay. I, I'm not that ignorant. I promise. I know. I know what Brexit was. Okay. Anyway. We're talking about Colin Howell and Hazel Stewart today. Or as most people probably know her, Hazel Buchanan. Okay. Okay. So Colin Howell was born in Portadown, Ireland in 1959. He met his wife-to-be Leslie at university, and he eventually went on to dentistry school and to be qualified as a dentist at Queen's University. Leslie was studying to be a nurse. Now, Colin actually wanted to be a doctor, but he kind of sucked, so he couldn't. (laughs) His grades weren't high enough, so he became a dentist. Okay. That's scary. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which I don't think is the case in the States, like at least not now, because I think dentistry school is also really, really hard to get into and very competitive. I mean, it's, I'm not, this is also, I don't know, but a while ago. (laughs) But I don't know. All that came to my mind was a meme talking about American insurance. Yeah. And how we're so close, basically, legislators forcing insurance companies to include dental coverage on health insurance and they're like we're so close to being able to say that the teeth are actually in fact part of the (laughs) human body body. (laughs) for real for real okay so leslie and colin actually didn't have that much in common when they met leslie was just a little bit more worldly than colin colin Um, they're both Christian, but Colin was at this, at this point, a little bit more integrated into the church than Leslie was. Okay. Um, he was an evangelical Christian and Leslie was just more, she spent more time engaging in non-church sanctioned things. She likes to enjoy university life and et cetera. 
And so okay. for a while after they met, Leslie was still dating around. And at one point, she... Scandalous. Oh, I know. In the God 1950s, forbid. a woman dating Well, no, around? he was born in the 19... He was born in 1959. Oh, yeah. So we're college. talking like 70s. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. So she wasn't even sure how she felt about Colin. She was just like, I don't know. Like, eh, you know. He's all right. I know this guy. <laughs> you know? So she went out on a date with a doctor. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And when Colin found out, he showed up at the house where the two had come home from the date and promptly escorted him off the property. Um, Leslie, that's a red flag. Yeah. Leslie had a hard time explaining to her friends why she was talking or dating this guy that she didn't really have anything in common with and that she didn't really know if she liked. But eventually her feelings prevailed. They saw each other more regularly and then they started to engage in some some non-church sanctioned activities. Well, she is worldly after all. I know. (laughs) (laughs) They were um, having premarital sex. And unfortunately... (laughs) In case case you didn't figure that out. (laughs) Um, And unfortunately... Well, I don't know. Leslie unfortunately got pregnant. Oh, no. And so they debated extensively on what to do. But surprisingly, Colin pushed Leslie to have an abortion. Now, abortions were illegal in Northern Ireland at the time, but they were legal in the rest of the UK. And despite Leslie's apprehension, the two of them took a little trip and had the procedure done. I can't say what I want to say. Oh, just wait. This would be the first of three abortions that Colin would push Leslie to have during their premarital portion of their relationship. Do they not understand birth control? You know, I have this thought a lot. It's really... I mean, it was around in the 1970s. It was. 1970s. The 1900s weren't that. And I understand <laughs> that some ago. some Christians don't believe in uh, contraceptives, but if you're evangelical Christians, they don't. I mean, they they believe in it. It's fine. To it's my really knowledge, like Catholic thing, right? The, yeah. Anyway, they ended up getting married and having some beautiful children together. They do have children, but once they're, of course, married. Yes. Um, during her pregnancy with her oldest son Matthew, Leslie found out that Colin had had an affair with another woman. Now, he claims it was over before she even found out, but it was, you know, a struggle for their marriage to come back from that. Now, once Matthew was born, Leslie quits being a nurse and she becomes a stay-at-home mom. And eventually, Colin shells out the big bucks and he leaves his dentist practice that he was working at and opens a solo practice. He gets all the bells and whistles, all the fancy stuff, and he goes into a lot of debt to try and get this up and running. He also decides that they need a shiny new home for their shiny new status. They were both more involved in the church. Colin was a leader and Leslie was involved in all social events in order for her to stay fulfilled as a stay-at-home mom because she really missed being a nurse. I will say from experience that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So things got a little bit more tricky when checks started bouncing. So, you know, Colin could explain some of it. Just be like, oh, well, the, we didn't get paid from the medical board or blah, blah, blah. It'll, it'll, it'll figure itself out. Just give it a few days. And, you know, she trusted her husband. Then one day, she went to the bank and she tried to withdraw some money to go grocery shopping. That's when Leslie learned that all of their accounts were extremely overdrawn. Colin had used all of their money to build up their business, buy them their new house, and even to try and placate Leslie after his affair and just buy her the things that she liked. And she wasn't happy as a stay-at-home mom, so he would get her all these new things to try and help. 
You know what would have helped Colin? Letting her go back to work as a nurse, perhaps. She could have worked. Although, then that dives in. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know their situation. I hate this already. I hate it all. Oh, you're going to hate it even more. Uh, She's uncomfortable. She's. I'm so. I'm like crawling out of my. She really is. She really is. So she basically, I don't, I can't imagine what was going through her head, but she decides in that moment, like right then, okay, I'm leaving, I'm done. Yeah. And she calls the dentist office and talks with his assistant. And she says, how much is in that petty cash box you've got there? She said around 400 pounds, which would have been around $1,300 in buying power today. Okay. She told her, set it aside. I'm coming to get it. And I'm going to leave his butt. I'm getting the kids. I'm packing a bag and we're coming. We're getting that money. We're leaving. Well, and this she was announced that to the receptionist or the assistant Ooh. or whatever. Oof. Which is a shock because they didn't even like bicker in front of people. Yeah. So this receptionist, I don't know if she was a receptionist or an assistant. I think she was an assistant. An assistant was like really unsure of what to do. Yeah. It's a really bad position to put her in, by the way. Yes. As somebody who tends to be the middle person <laughs> between conflicts <laughs> in a work environment, you're like, uh, don't do this to me, friend. So Colin heard the receptionist side of the phone call. Ruh-roh. And he said, don't you take that money out of that box. Don't let her get it. Where I will fix it. I will handle it. We'll figure it out. But don't give her the money. What is she supposed to do? Yeah, she doesn't want to lose her job. Yeah, so she does what Colin says. and She doesn't, like... I can't blame her for that. I would probably do the same thing. What are you supposed to do? And I don't know what Colin said when Leslie got there, but apparently it worked because she decided to stay. Maybe it was the postpartum depression from her three children catching up with her, coupled with the fact that they had just found out they were pregnant with a fourth child. Oh, dear God. Trying to handle four children on herself, by herself, on the cusp of divorce, working full time, knowing that she had a mountain of debt she would be responsible for half of. Yeah. I can't imagine that I would leave either. No, I, no, I'm by no means, I, okay. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I know. It's, I, I completely, that's the thing is that. You're stuck. Being Mar- a stay-at-home Marriage mom. is complicated. Yeah. Having the kids is complicated. I completely understand her position. I am in no way like you want to yell, red flag, red flag. But you can't. But like, but like when you're in it, you, you don't know. Well, you and being a stay-at-home mom, is it makes you very vulnerable to stuff like this because yes. you, you're doing what's best for your family and that's an amazing yeah. thing and it's a huge sacrifice. But it also opens you up to being sort of stuck. Financial abuse. Which is. Yeah. Regular abuse. Yeah. Towards the end of her fourth pregnancy, Colin decided he was going to. I mean, he always had a pretty active role in the kids' lives. But, like, she's really pregnant. Like, he's really just. He's helping more than normal. But he. It was never said that he was a bad father or a disengaged father or anything like that. He loved his kids. Yeah. Well, those are separate relationships. Well, so. yeah. Well, I say that he loved his kids. I don't... Whatever. Anyway, he was involved <laughs> in his children's lives. It wasn't un- unusual. Yeah. But he was taking them to more events at the church than normal. One of these was swimming lessons that were organized at a local pool. 
And it was there that he met young Hazel Buchanan. Now, Hazel don't like it. Hazel was married as well to a man named Trevor. Okay, so she's at least an adult. She's yeah, she's in her mid to late twenties at this point. I think I think she was twenty seven, but I didn't write it down. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But at the first time they met, I don't think anything happened. But I think it was the second time that they met. He did the man thing, and he was like, "Well, let me let me show you how to do this." breaststroke let me let me teach you how to do this sport i just have to say like affairs are so crazy to me right can i I just say that yeah you can i i just i like i have an old friend who was guilty of having actually multiple affairs on their first wife and of course when they told me about it i did everything short of like beating him up right um and i didn't even necessarily get along with the first wife but still just on principle don't do that you're a summer's eve so uh, <laughs> you can so, say douche we don't we don't censor our i know curse words I know. on the show I'm just trying to be i don't know what i'm trying to be anyway anyway but the, what kills me is how do affairs start? Like, I get it if, like, like affairs that happen with people that you already know, like friends, like genuine right. friends, like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Meeting somebody twice and then being like, hey, baby, like, what, who does, like, I know lots of people do that, but, like, that's insane. Like, I cannot wrap my brain well, around it. This wasn't his what? first affair. I don't even know if it was his second affair. It may have been it his third. It probably wasn't. Where there's and, one rat, there's 50. Right. And um, I, this is horrible, but I'm going to say it. She was also pregnant. And a lot of affairs, when it's the man cheating on the wife, a lot of affairs happen when people are pregnant. It sucks. Yes. Or right postpartum. It's so horrible. wait, he, his wife is pregnant. Yes, his wife is and pregnant. And then he starts having an affair with the pregnant woman no 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 or hazel's he got not pregnant. her pregnant no oh you were just saying the wife okay. yeah just just, <laughs> just sorry just leslie know. is pregnant <laughs> only okay. leslie is pregnant when you said also you just meant it's in addition worse. to the yeah it's worse because she's pregnant okay. yeah gotcha so when he was teaching her how to swim he like caressed her leg in the water <laughs> and he was like i'm sorry that was inappropriate. I'm having impure <laughs> thoughts. She said, <laughs> she said, well, I'm not that innocent myself and oh, swam no. away. And swam <laughs> She did. She swam away. I don't know what to tell you. How? Oh, Lord. Sorry. Okay. I just realized I'm yelling and you're going to have to cut that out. But I'm No, just... I can lower. It's fine. Another time, he went to her house to teach her guitar. And when he opened the door I'm sorry it was at her home she opened the door she was wearing a short denim skirt and a sleeveless low cut blouse and he said quote I knew I wasn't there for guitar lessons end quote (laughs) the two (laughs) he told that to a courtroom oh god the two started an affair that took place not just in their homes and at the church but in the dentist chair at his office like Rachel and Barry I just (laughs) So, unfortunately, the two were seen by church officials as they were having a dalliance in the forest. <laughs> I don't know. Don't don't ask me. I'm just, I'm just the reporter. 
<laughs> I also love the word dalliance, and so I was like, I'm going to say it. Okay. They were promptly con- confronted by the church elders, um, and at this point, they had been having an affair for around six months. Okay. Okay. Both couples separately agreed to marriage counseling, Trevor and Hazel and Leslie and Colin. At some point after she learned about the affair, Leslie wrote a note, and it was eventually found by Colin. It wasn't exactly a suicide note, but it was kind of that was kind of the direction it was going in. Mm -hmm. He kept it to himself. He kept it, and it became the inspiration for what would come next. Oh no! Both couples go to marriage counseling for about four months before the affair is continued. Great. It's clear to the court and to the investigators that he and Hazel spoke several times prior to the crime. And so we're going to we're going to move into to the reason we're all here. Again, why does there need to be a crime? Your wife was ready to leave you once already. Literally. Just let her leave. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I well, we do know. We do know. And it's it's about appearances and it'll make sense. But it's dumb. Well, no, I know. But you've already been caught by the freaking church people. He's a narcissist, though, so. Dalliancing in the woods. <laughs> they, I just envisioned, like, a bunch of, I know they don't wear robes. They're frolicking. But, <laughs> like, I envision, like, the church leaders, like, yeah. coming out in robes and just creating a circle around them. I think they're Baptists. It's not, like, super, it's not, like, culty. They're, they're Baptists. Protestant, but... probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty sure they're Baptists. Oh. Wow. Unfortunately, on top of all of the stress of being in her third trimester of pregnancy, finding out that her husband had an affair, although she may have already had the fourth child. I'm sorry. That timeline is wacky in my Just head. Six months and then four. And then, and then, so yeah. she had a, okay. So she had she's not an, an infant. <laughs> she had an infant <laughs> and she found out her husband had an affair. Yeah. Unfortunately, on top of all of those things, on May 7th, her father passed away. Oh, no. She was very upset by this. I mean, that's that's yeah. hard. So just adding to it, and it's important, unfortunately. On the evening of May 18th, 1991. Oh, sorry. That's my kid's birthday. <laughs> sorry. Not 91, obviously, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, It was also the day of his youngest son's birthday. Oh, what a good dad. Right. Howell put a hockey stick under the door of his children's bedroom to stop them from escaping. He waited- Shut- up the kids are fine okay <laughs> sorry i should have prefaced <laughs> i was like this is not where i thought no this was going. no 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 colin waited until his wife was asleep in the lounge and that's the living room <laughs> in the lounge with um, the candlestick <laughs> <laughs> it was colonel mustard uh <laughs> It was Hazel instead of Scarlet. <laughs> oh. Sorry. He waited just until she was asleep and she had a quilt pulled up to her neck. She was all cozy. She just had a glass of wine. She had her headphones on. She was listening to gospel music and her Walkman. She was straight chilling. He went to the garage attached to their house where he took a hose pipe that he had already modified by attaching a plastic baby bottle piece over one end of the hose fitted the thicker part of the hose over the tailpipe of the car and the thinner part to a different hose piece. He had prepared this device earlier in the day while he was building a slide for his child's birthday. 
Gross. Yeah. He led the, the hose pipe situation into the lounge and switched on the car engine, which was then feeding carbon monoxide into the living room where his wife was asleep. It took him a few minutes to realize that it wasn't going to fill the whole room up quickly with carbon monoxide. So he went inside the room and tucked the hose pipe under the blanket so that his wife would breathe in the fumes directly. He saw her stir as if she was about to wake up, and he went into the room and put the blanket over her head. He says that he heard her call out the name of their oldest son, Matthew, who was five at the time, and took two breaths of the gas. He left because the fumes were getting to his head. And when he went back inside, he was satisfied that she was dead. He moved her body to the trunk of his car. He put her headphones and everything in a blanket over top of her and put his bike on top of her. And then he called Hazel. He called Hazel once, let it ring once, hang up the phone. That was their code. That was everyone's code having an affair in the 70s. Right. So then he called again and she picked it up. And he said, I'm finished with Leslie. Is everything ready? He drove to the steward's house. I'm sorry. To the Buchanan's house. Yes. I apologize. Where she was already, she had already drugged her husband with a laced tuna sandwich that... Colin had given her previously using tranquilizers that I'm assuming he got at work. Her husband was also asleep and she had pulled her husband's car out of the garage so that Colin could pull his car into the garage and they repeated this process. After two to three minutes, Trevor woke up and lifted his head when so Colin like went into the room and tried to pull the blanket up over him. But Trevor Buchanan was a police officer. And so they had a struggle, but eventually Colin forced the pipe into Trevor's mouth and then he felt his body go weak. He put the quilt back over his head, leaving the nozzle there and fled from the room before he passed out from the fumes. Shortly after that, he dressed Trevor in new clothes and put his body in the car as well. Colin then got into the car and drove to Castle Rock. They weren't in Castle Rock. I can't remember exactly where they were. It also starts with a C, and I can't pronounce it. So he then drove to Castle Rock. Okay. Where the plan was to find a place to leave the car and let it look like a suicide. Yeah. But he was like, this is just really weird to try and find an isolated place. So he drove around for a little bit before realizing he was like, oh, my gosh, Leslie's late dad lived in Castle Rock and his house is still empty because he just died. So he takes his bike out, he stashes it, and he goes to this unoccupied house in Castle Rock. He backs the car into the garage. He stages the car as if it was a suicide with the carbon monoxide poisoning. He has that both of them? Both of them. Trevor is in, I believe, the front seat. Leslie is in the trunk. She has her Walkman over playing gospel music in her ears, family photos around her, and a suicide note. Not the same suicide note, a different note. And he puts Trevor in, can't quite get the door to close right on Trevor, so it's kind of open a little bit, turns the car on, has the same pipe situation 
Although it's a little different because now it's going into the car, not like to another room. Yeah. And then he leaves. What is the premise supposed to be that these two people that they they were both distraught over their their spouse's affairs that they could yeah I mean that's the only Mm -hmm. thing that makes any sense but even that does not really what is the likelihood that two people that are the spouses like that's just this is so far fetched is it because according to hmm. okay. This is also a frustrating case, considering what we just covered last week with Chris. Anyway, the next day, Colin called hospitals and police departments to ask if there'd been any accident because his wife was in a bad way when she left the house the night before and could not be found. They said no, obviously, and Colin then called the church elders to report his wife was missing. Mm -hmm. They, of course, reported it to the police. The main church elder that comes to the house and that we're talking with, his name is Jim, and he went on suggestion from Colin to Leslie's father's house because he was like, you know what? She may have gone there. She was very upset about his death. Maybe she was there. Colin sends him to the house. Doesn't find anything. He comes back. Wasn't very thorough, my dude. Yeah. He talks with Colin and the police, and then Colin sends the police out there. Again, nothing. He sends two rounds of people to this home. Nobody comes back and says, we found them, like we found them. What are they doing? Just knocking on the door Uh, and then like... No, because he gave them keys to a house. And they just never went in the garage. I guess not. Wow. I can understand how Colin would start to get a little bit cocky. He pushed for a third visit to the house, which I think is suspicious in and of itself. Yeah. And finally, the car was found. It was ruled a joint suicide. Apparently, in Northern Ireland, it wasn't uncommon for pastors and police to work together as religion was deeply entrenched in the culture. True. And if you haven't already guessed, we're going to talk a little bit about the very little forensic testing that was done on this crime scene. They never tested to make sure that the hose attached to the exhaust would actually push enough carbon monoxide into the car to kill them. There was a kink in the line. It wouldn't have if they had really looked. Oh. The door was open a little bit. Remember, he couldn't get the door shut on Trevor, so it wouldn't have done that. They looked for no fingerprints, and they did not confirm time of death for either. Which are all things that could have been done back then. Right. Because they confirmed time of death by body temperature, so... Yeah. They can tell. That's... Right. So they talked to the police that day. Everything was pretty quickly ruled a joint suicide, but they did an inquest a year later, like a formal investigation a year later, because that's mm. just how long it took to get get it done. Okay. At that time, both testimonials between Hazel and Colin, because I was obviously it's Hazel's husband, they were like, okay, it's a suicide. A few weeks after their funerals, Hazel and... Colin Howell continue their affair. They kept it going for another five years. After the first eight weeks of waiting to be caught, Colin was pretty confident that they would never be arrested for their crimes. Hazel, however, stayed paranoid for the rest of her life. Yeah. She she constantly was really paranoid, or it was probably just guilt, babes. Guilt. Mm -hmm. Not paranoia, guilt. 
she felt so guilty that she could not have sex with Colin without being drugged. She asked him to drug her because she's like, I feel guilty. <laughs> don't, if you don't want to feel guilty, maybe don't uh, help your lover kill your husband. Bestie. I want to climb the walls. Right. It's so. Right. <sighs> so after five years, they ended up breaking up. For a couple reasons. I'm sure this, you know, the guilt led to some strife. But also, Colin really wanted them to get married. And he really wanted to blend their families and move to Scotland to be like, we're going to get away from all this. Yeah. He was trying to sell his practice to do this and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I don't really want to do that. Let's hold on. Because that would give us a lot of kids jointly. And she, at the time, was getting like a a widow's pension from the yeah. police department. She's like, I would lose that. It would really affect the kids. Like, I don't think that's the best idea. And so she started looking for a way out. Long story short, she started dating somebody else. Colin, getting all upset, started stalking this other guy. And the only thing that took his attention off of it was the fact that he met a woman. Oh, my God. Okay. He meets a woman named Kyle. Her name is Kyle. Um, and she just moved from the United States to Northern Ireland after leaving an abusive marriage. Within seven months of meeting, Kyle and Colin were married. They had seven children altogether, and they were also pregnant. So Kyle was in school, and she dropped out of school and started taking the care of the children full time because that's a lot of well, yeah, a lot of kids, right? So they're just chilling until a year into their marriage, Kyle sat down to feed her new baby when she was approached by her husband. Maybe. It was guilt, maybe some other emotion, but Colin eventually confessed his crimes from his previous marriage to Kyle that night. What? And she said, okay, dude, you've got to confess. And he was like, I know, I probably should do that. He said, but I don't want to leave you here with all these kids with no money, so I just need time. And she was like, okay, I can give you some time to sell your practice and to get financially set. Our family is coming in two months and you can have until then you will tell them you will confess and get their forgiveness and then you will go and confess to the police that was their timeline (laughs) what i feel like this is a mistake kyle i feel like this was a really really big mistake well your response should have just been oh Okay. Okay. And then you just disappear into the night with your children. Mm-hmm. If only. So, unfortunately, their family trip gets canceled, the one that was two months out. Yeah. It gets postponed or pushed or something. And so he takes this as a sign that oh, it's, they get, they get oh. some more time. And then people from church start to tell him that he's forgiven for his sins. Apparently, a woman came up and cited a verse from Corinthians telling him that he was forgiven. And then they started to just be so blessed financially that he was like, God has forgiven me because if he hadn't, I would not be so blessed. And so he's just like, I'm good. And he tells this to Kyle. And um, unfortunately, Kyle is severely financially abused. He tells her like, of course, you're screwed if I confess and I've been forgiven by God. So it's not really up to you, basically. Right. So they continue to live their life. They go on vacations. They have more children. They have 11 children combined. Why would you have more children with this man? Stop having children. I don't really with this think man. she had a choice. 
So combined, they have a total of 11 children. And basically, a full decade goes by. And in 2009, church elders at Colin Powell's church, Howell, not Powell, oh my gosh, church elders have a very strange conversation with Colin. There may have been two key factors as to why this conversation came about. One, Colin's eldest child, Matthew, unfortunately died in a tragic accident in 2007. He was 22 years old doing an exchange program in Moscow, Russia, when he slipped and fell off a balcony and died. Oh. Five-year-old Matthew's name was the last thing that Leslie said before she was killed. Later, during police interviews, Colin would say that in a biblical context that this was the sins of his father being played out on him. So that's why Matthew died, was because of Colin's sins. Wow. And Colin thought that this was God's way of punishing him. The other factor was that an investment of Colin's went south. Now, he had invested... Around 350,000 pounds, which would be around $750,000 in today's money. It's a quarter, three quarters of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah. He had invested this in a company in the Philippines that claimed they knew the locations of millions of pounds of gold that were buried by the Japanese towards the end of the Second World War. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So Colin traveled to the Philippines to check up on everything and was told that he had lost everything. Yeah. And it was all a fraud. If it... Right. Looks like a duck. It's too good to be true, my dude. Again, he saw the loss of this investment as payback for what had happened. Well, not what had happened, what he had done to Trevor and to his wife, Leslie. This was, I guess, what pushed him over the edge into thinking that he really wasn't forgiven by God. He called Kyle and he said, we lost everything. I've been having an affair. And she said, yes, like for three years, he'd been having an affair. And she kicks him out and eventually convinces him, okay, well, you need to confess now or I'm going to tell on you. So first he has to confess to the church elders. And he tells them, oh, I have an addiction to porn. And they're like, yeah, we know. (laughs) You've told us this before. Not surprising. Yeah. And you've had multiple affairs. Exactly. And the second thing is he says, oh, I'm having an affair. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we know. And they had previously spoken to Kyle, who had kind of indicated that he was going to be coming to them with something really important. And so they were a little bit like, okay, we know all of this. And then he starts to say things that they don't know. This is a trigger warning for some sexual assault here. But Colin starts confessing that he molested patients while they were under sedation at his dental practice. What the? F- what? Up to five women were assaulted in his dental practice for sure. Oh, my God. Then he confessed to the murders. He tried to bring Hazel down with him. So offers not, not tried to. I mean, Hazel committed the crime. It's just like that was the first yeah. thing he did was be like, well, and Hazel was there and yeah, I wasn't course. alone. And so officers went to Hazel's house. Um, she had remarried. This is when she is now Hazel Stewart. And as soon as they walked in, she like went white as a ghost. Like this is she's been waiting on it for 10 years. She says, can I please speak with my husband in private and I will come with you no problem. They let her do so. She tells her husband what happened. She books it with the police officers. She goes, no problem. So Hazel denies her like involvement really 
up until three days in police custody. Oh, wow. She pretty much says everything is to do with Colin, and she had nothing to do with any of it. She had no idea. They know that, like, that's not the case. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And we'll talk about why that's not the case a little bit later. While he was in prison awaiting trial, Colin had a, say it with me, mental breakdown. Mm. He was extremely paranoid, and it was Kyle calling to say that she had taken their biological five children and moved back to America that really pushed him over the edge. There are psychiatry reports from this time, and basically they explain that he had a psychotic episode um, that had a lot of religious undertones. He was trying to figure out if he was Moses. And he knew he was somebody important and he had to save people and he just didn't know if he was saving a lot of people or a little people. Yeah. It was a lot. I I can't. I can't. Well, you don't have to because a month later, the same doctor goes back to meet with him and she's like, you're fine. You were obviously struggling, but like you were being overdramatic. And sure enough, he was. He was being really overdramatic in an act to try and get an insanity plea. Yeah. The investigation continued, and he was seen by three psychiatrists over the course of all of it. All three came back with a diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder. Shocking. What I find most interesting about this is that multiple of them said that his religious infatuation may not have actually been about belief, but rather that he felt drawn to it because it gave him all that he needed for his narcissistic disorder. He was revered by the men around him. Yep. And they respected his success. And the women threw themselves at him and loved him. He was in a position of power and he loved that. Well, and somebody who's narcissistic loves the idea that I can do things. And as long as I say I'm sorry and repent, right, then I'm forgiven. Exactly. So Colin was pleading innocent for a while and then directly before his trial he changed his plea like a few days before to guilty he changed his plea to guilty just in time to be the star witness in hazel's trial ah convenient Mm -hmm. now hazel's story is that he held all the power and made all the decisions this case reminds me a lot of the ken and barbie killers Mm -hmm. because that's kind of hazel's story too same as carla's where she was just like he made all the decisions i was forced to go along yeah um and, you know, it's kind of hard to tell if it was the chicken or the egg. If it, is it the abuse that leads to the crime or the crime that leads to the abuse or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Most people say that while she didn't actively do anything to contribute in the deaths or any way, like, to actually kill them, she contributed in the planning. Yeah. She moved the car. She let him in the home. She knew what he was there to do. And she gave her husband the exactly. tranquilizer. Exactly. So... Colin obviously testified against Hazel because he's a piece of crap. And he told the jury, I may have been the lead partner in the waltz, but Hazel was dancing in cooperation. He's so dramatic. He threw her directly under the bus saying that she helped because she wanted her husband dead. Not because I forced her to, but she wanted it done. She wanted him dead too. After everything he had said, coupled with the original sort of confession tapes that she had said when she, remember I said three days into it, she kind of cracked a little. Yeah. Coupled with those tapes, 
she didn't stand a chance in her trial. So, on December 3rd, 2010, Colin Howell was sentenced to a minimum term of 21 years in prison. On February 7, 2011, a jury of nine men and three women are sworn in for the trial of Hazel Stewart. On March 2nd, 2011, at 1047, the judge sends the jury out to consider the verdict. Takes over two hours, just un- like just over two hours, and they come back with a guilty verdict. On March 16th, 2011, she was sentenced to serve a minimum of 18 years in prison. All because of an affair that was ridiculous. I, mm-hmm. Like, they yeah. genuinely could have just not been together <laughs> and, like, not killed their spouses. Could have just moved on. Right. Uh, I... So many things. Right. Um, this case has been the subject of a Netflix drama called The Secret. It's not a documentary, but it is based on this story. I did not watch it oh. because it's not a documentary. I didn't want to yeah. get my facts all mixed up. Yeah. <sighs> and there's a ton more details to this case. This is a short case for me. Um. Yeah, you mentioned that it's been done like longer. Yeah, format. there there are other podcasts that have done two parts on this case. I felt that our audience would prefer a single episode. Yeah, and honestly, I just didn't feel like there were a ton of details needed. Like, I feel like a lot of the stuff that is included is excess. Like, it's not necessary for you to, to get understand. It, so. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot there because there's so many affairs and so many right people and, and i didn't i didn't get all the affairs and there's the other crimes of his sexual assault yeah. and i didn't honestly i i so i had originally written a section about that and, and talked about it but then i started thinking i didn't want to to bring that bring those women into leslie's story they deserve their own time and they're pretty much anonymous they don't love to be involved so yeah, was I just, he ever charged with any of that? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, that's good. I don't know what happened to it, um, but I did decide to just kind of leave yeah, it I out. Mean, that it's wasn't two separate crimes. It's two separate so. stories. I didn't want anybody's other, any victim's story to suffer on behalf of another, so yeah. that was why I chose to leave it. So, you know, yeah. that may have been the wrong choice, but that's just, no, that makes I made sense a choice. To me. And it's two separate crimes, so. Yeah. It... That aren't intertwined necessarily. I mean, the sexual assault crimes just are further evidence that of what a monster he is when right. it comes and, to women. You know, but- he's accused of using the same tactics on all of his partners as well. It, it's horrible, but yeah, it- I thought it was really weird that you said that Hazel she said, admits dr- to that, like drug me. So that we can have sex, like she, yeah. But did she, she come up with that on her own, or did he rec- like say, "Oh, well, I can, I can drug you"? Some sources say that she came to him and said, "Will you give me tranquilizers so that we can have sex?" And other sources don't really have a direct indication. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's I don't icky. like this. This is Nikki. I don't like it. Yep, but you did a good job. Thanks. I think you did a good job of narrowing it down. I mean, I don't think. Thumbs up. I don't feel. I didn't feel like anything was missing that makes like a connection. Like obviously he confessed. Uh, yeah, I mean, how do you confess? Like that's my thing is how do you confess to something though, and then turn around and be like, no, I'm not guilty. <laughs> like, I don't know. But you went and 
told them. Yeah. That's why you're arrested. <laughs> I can't get over how bad the forensics was, but whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what's pretty our, bad. What's our emoji? I don't like any of them. Leave us a tooth emoji. A <laughs> tooth. I mean. He was a dentist. He was a dentist. Leave us a nurse emoji in honor of Leslie. Yeah, that's better. I think there's a nurse emoji. Yeah, there is. Leave us a nurse emoji if you made it this far. Yep. Honor of Leslie. And we hope you guys have a merry, merry Christmas. (gasps) Yes, merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, which I think Hanukkah already passed. I think Hanukkah was earlier in December this year, right? Don't know. I think so. I'm not going to lie. Happy holidays, and if you don't celebrate a holiday, happy break. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy. Eat lots of good treats. Yes. And eat. enjoy all the sparkles. Yes, all the sparkles. And if you don't enjoy this season, I'm so sorry. That sucks, but we are your friends. Um, But we love you. We do. And yeah. So nurse emoji and have a good holiday. Woohoo. If you celebrate and... We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.